This is Tommy Talks Parsha, where we talk about the Parsha of the week and the holiday of the week with some practical lessons to keep. The shear, of course, should be in the merit of all of those soldiers that they are matzliach for the safe and healthy return of all the captives, for the refuah of all the injured and sick, and for the safety, protection, and success of all of the soldiers and all of our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael and beyond. Of course, now we are in my favorite holiday of the year, my favorite Chag of the year, the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the best. I always say it is the best. It has every aspect that you could want. Everyone can relate to some aspect of Hanukkah. If you love the spiritual aspect of the candles and the music, great. You love, <coughs> excuse me. You love the physical aspect of eating the donuts and the fried foods, great. You love the joy of the giving the presents and getting presents, great. We have something for everyone, and it lasts eight days. How amazing! That's eight times longer than the holiday that everyone goes crazy about in December. I don't know why it gets so much screen time. I don't know why it gets so much attention. There are literally thousands of movies about it. How many movies can you tell me about Hanukkah and the Menorah and Dreidel? I don't know. And I'm not talking about, you know, the Jewish, you know, organizations. I'm talking in general, a secular culture. I don't know. Interesting. Why is there a tree 50 feet tall? Do you see a menorah that's 50 feet tall, as tall as the tree? The tree, the the secular culture is so, so, so adamant about equality for this, equality for that. Where's the equality in the holidays? Why is your tree 50 times the size of my menorah? If you do have a menorah, sometimes they don't even show a menorah or a, or a Kwanzaa candelabra. Why is that the only thing that they do and they and they show? And I don't know why. I don't know why. All I could say is that you got to listen to the Hanukkah lecture on Atani Talks Radio, and we talk at length about it, and we explain it out. But here we are in the Sefer Bereshis, just a couple of partials left in Bereshis, and of course, Miketz always comes around the time of Hanukkah, always falls out during Hanukkah, and this year we actually got Vayeshev as well. Chabad points us out also from the Shalom. The three Torah sections, Vayeshev, Mikitz, and Vayegash, that relate the story of Joseph and his brothers are always read before, during, or immediately after the festival of Hanukkah. And that's no coincidence. There's no coincidence in Judaism. Everything is always planned by Hashem and, you know, set up by Hashem and always up to Hashem. Since to everything there is a season and a time for every person, which comes from Kohala, certainly the arrangement of the festivals of the year, which are the appointed times of God, coming from Vayikra, as well as the festivals and fasts instituted by the sages, all have a special connection to the Torah readings and whose weeks they fall, since everything is master-binded by God. Thus, the story of Yosef was destined to be repeated with the royal Hashemunai family in the Greek era. Everything is a time, everything is a purpose. I think it relates to us, the idea, we talked about this last time in different times, that Yosef is the only Jew in the entire Mitzrayim, in the entire Gullus, his personal Gullus, he is literally surrounded by a culture where it would have been easy to assimilate, it would have been easy to fall prey to the tinsel, to the cheer, to the big red man of the time, to the fallacies of whatever holidays or whatever gods they believed in with their polytheistic views. How much of a lesson is it for us when Hanukkah teaches us to battle assimilation? The Greeks wanted to destroy us spiritually. They wanted us to assimilate. They wanted to take away from us. They didn't want us to die physically like Haman, Harasham, and and the Russias of the World War II and beyond. They wanted to spiritually kill us. Hanukkah comes at a time where the one of the earlier Jews, one of the first Jews to literally have to do with Gaulus on his own, shows us the strength, shows us the ability to stand up to the assimilation around him, to be the one that's moral and kind and good, even being thrown in prison for his beliefs, fighting against the injustice, 
sitting in prison, languishing in prison, when there was an evil report made up about him. How true nowadays, how often evil reports are made up about the Jews, evil reports are made up of the land of Israel, even when they're doing everything in their power to be the most moral army in the world. There's such injustice. We look to Yosef, we get consolation in Chizik from Yosef when he was one amongst so many fighting not to assimilate, fighting to stand true to his ideals, stand true to his ideas and be strong. The Medjushan Chumba points out when it says the end of two years, every affliction to befall man has a set time to end as it is written, an end he set to darkness and every limit he investigates. This is said regarding Yosef who had been 10 years in prison. When he asked the chief butler to intercede for him, he got Two more years. After that, God investigated and saw that it was necessary for him to be in prison for another two years. In every sorrow there is profit. That too is said regarding to Joseph, who suffered Yosef in prison and profited from it, becoming ruler over Egypt. It might seem, oftentimes in our culture and society, it seems we're in prison to, to those around us. They are in control. We're not in control. Baruch Hashem, we have a land. We have our own land. But we're still in prison to the, the countries surrounding it, who don't support us, who don't want us to be there, who don't want us to exist. Just go to the, look at any UN assembly. How many things are said against Israel and against the Jews? Like... 400 times as much as everything else. There's 388% rise in anti-Semitism on college campuses and beyond. It's very dark times. So we need to look at a role model, a light, and the darkness in the story of Barathees, in the story of Yosef. You know, Yosef is there by himself, but he's strong, and eventually he gets a wife and two kids, so at least he has a family unit to keep him strong. But still, he was one family amongst all the families of Egypt. How difficult that must have been. Paro was dreaming. Shouldn't it say Paro dreamed? Teaches us for two years. Yeah, Paro would see this dream each and every night, but would not remember until the time came for Yosef to come out of prison. Then he woke up and he remembered it, Medrash points out. And he's standing over the, red, the river, the Medrash points out. Paro dreamed, and he was stood over the river, the Nile being the arch deity of Egypt. But as for the righteous, their God stands over them, as it says, Hashem stood over him. Different hints, different aspects teaching us about things that, you know, when it comes to us, we have to stand up for ourselves. Because even the butler, he did things in a disparaging way to Yosef. Rashi points out, he was wicked. He didn't do anything to really help Yosef. He did it to save his own skin. When he mentions Yosef, you know, he says a lad, a Hebrew, a slave. Why does he say that? He uses such disparaging language. A lad, unwise and unfitted for a high position. A Hebrew, who does not even know our language. A slave, and it's written in the bylaws of Egypt that a slave cannot rule her. Or be someone in power. But of course, Hashem will take care. And Hashem, of course, made it happen. We might think, in our days and our times, that it's so difficult, it's so hard, the society around us, they're so un favorable towards the Jews and towards the land of Israel. Thank God, of course, there are beacons in the light. You know, the uh, president of Argentina or Buenos Aires, whoever that is, is like a huge Israel supporter. The Speaker of the House said beautiful things at the Israel rally a couple of weeks ago. Beautiful rally, beautiful rally. And there are beacons in the light, but how many countries really are standing up for the Jews? But even within our, our their own country here of America, how many people are literally chanting things that you heard in World War II, death to the Jews, you know, eliminate them from this river to the sea? That literally means that they don't want any Israel because they're literally talking about the Mediterranean River to the Yam Kinneret, which is literally the width of Israel. They don't want us around. They don't like us. And I don't know how people who supposedly are enlightened and cultured and who are supposedly intellectual could say such barbaric things. Do they even know what the charter of Hamas and all these terrible terrorists, 
all these terrible Arab places say they want to kill all the Jews. And then all the Westerners are really jokes on them because even if, you know, they put their side going after the Jews, who are they going after next? The guy who's, you know, pleading for the Gazan rights, for the Palestinian rights. They don't have any rights and they all should be put in another land and they should be kicked out and we should be zochah to get all our land back and be zochah to rule over it ourselves and Moshiach should come speak on our days but it seems dark, it seems hopeless Hanukkah of course comes to show us that there is hope, there is light I love this group, Israel Good News Group where we see beautiful things, they're lighting the menorah in Gaza having minion times in Gaza, Chabad spring up in Gaza I love to see things like that each aspect of holiday has such beautiful meaning. The dreidel reminds us of what they had to do back in the day to hide from the, the wicked oppressors. The menorah reminds us of the temple, the menorah in the temple. And the oily foods reminds us of the olive oil that lasted for eight days. The gifts remind us of how Hashem gifted us to rededicate the mikdash. And he gave us the gift of more years in the mikdash and the gift of having the Shem and Zayit, Zach, and having Jewish sovereignty in the land and giving out guilt. The Hanukkah coins, the chocolate coins, thinking about how each aspect of our life, we should elevate the men- mundane to the spiritual. We should take the guilt and use it for tzedakah. We should take the mundane and use it for the spiritual. Hashem gifted us and gave us precious money and precious things that are more than money to do good in this world. So we think about Mikates. We think about how it's in the middle. Yosef is, you know, in the middle and, and is about to rise to power. When all things seem hopeless, it's really when the tide is about to turn. I read a quote every day when I'm walking into work, into my public school, and it says, you know, each time you fail or at the cusp of failure is when that is just where the tide will turn. You know, meet case, we're in the middle of Yosef's story. It seems hopeless for Yosef. He's languishing in prison for 12 years, but just wait a few days, man. Just wait a few weeks. Have a little patience, Yosef. It's all going to turn better, and I hope. And I pray that that's true for our story as well. It seems difficult, and it seems hopeless. So many hostages still need to come home. So much still has to be accomplished to eradicate the evil, the pure evil. This is really not a time where it could be on the fence. There is literal moral clarity. On one side, there's morality and good in Israel and the Jewish people. On one side, there's pure evil, a lack of morals. I don't know how anyone could stand for Hamas, could support Hamas. I don't know how intellectuals at college campuses or people around the world could have any standing for them. Anyone with a sensical brain or any logic to their brain could know who is good. This is a time of moral clarity. There's one side that's moral and one side that's immoral. You know what they did to the woman. You know what they did with the children and the elderly. Terrible, barbaric conditions. People are talking about the hostages that were released are talking about the terrible things they had to endure I knew, we all knew on some level they're doing terrible things, they could pretend for the UN they could pretend to make people wave, but what psychological and physical warfare they inflicted on the people, and they're not a real country, these are militants they call them militants, but really they're just terrorists these are just people, it's not like there's an army fighting another army, these are terrorists trying to take over and invade a country, we have to understand what's going on here, it needs to be eradicated, it's a Amalek, the ideal of Malik, it might actually be a Malik, but at least it's the thinking of a Malik like the Nazis. They had to be stopped, eradicated. Pure evil has to be gone. Like in the times of Shaul, a Malik had to be eradicated, and Shmuel, and, um, Shmuel was very upset at Shaul because Hashem wanted it all eradicated, and Shaul had misplaced mercy. You can't have misplaced mercy, because when you have misplaced mercy from Agag, the descendant becomes Haman, who tries again to kill us. You cannot have mercy on people that wanted to kill you. You get rid of them, you throw them out, you got to get rid of them. Understand that Hanukkah comes at a time where it's a meat gates. It's a time where things are happening. 
And Yosef is in the middle of his story, but just wait a little bit, and I hope and I pray in our days also that we just have a little bit, and finally, Bizocha, all the captives, the hostages come home. The land fully becomes ours, and the temple comes, and Mashiach comes, and Eliyahu comes, and everything good comes. We should be Zocha that that happens today. Hanukkah is a time of miracles, and we should be Zocha for the greatest miracle to happen during this time. What greater time? Then Hanukkah itself, to have such a beautiful miracle happen, we should be Zoha, meritorious that that miracle does happen today, and may it in fact be literally today. This has been Tani Talks Parsh, where we talk about the Parsh, or the holiday of the week, with some practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.